This is the Bushwick Variety Show, and I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This is episode number 67. Episode 67 features my good friend, Andriana Santiago, singer, performer, uh, improviser, and she was the owner of this great studio called La Luce in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Um, that's where we met, and we actually met in an improv comedy music uh, class. It's a great time. It had been a while since we sat down and talked, so it was really good to catch up with her. If you've been listening to the show for a while and you've been wondering where I've been and what I've been up to, you might be aware that I've been focused on getting back to acting. And I recently got cast in a play at the National Black Theater, uh, which is going to be performing in June. Um, I also got cast in a couple of web series. And I'm really excited and um, happy about that and proud to be part of those projects. But I've been trying to find the balance of how to do the podcast Um, I'm still working my survival job when I'm not acting. Um, So just trying to find the balance of all of these things. And it's getting together. um, But I think what I'm going to do is go down to Mondays. You know, maybe I'll have some Thursdays also, but consistent Mondays. And, yeah, just try to get back on with the consistency. But I can say that uh, there's been some progress with my acting goals, and I'm super happy and excited about that. Um, But now it's how do you balance these things with the rest of your life and the other things you want to do. And this podcast has been a big part of of my life for the last year. And I think it helps make me a better actor. Um, And I really enjoy talking with the different artists and hopefully connecting them to you and just making those connections happen for myself and you, the community of Bushwick and whoever is listening, uh, looking to to do some creative work. Um, so anyway, thank you for listening. Um, I'm working on getting it back together. Sorry. It's been inconsistent, but I am going to get back on the horse and get back to it. So thank you for your patience. And with that, uh, I'm excited to share this conversation with Andriana. She's a singer. She's a musician. She sings a song at the end of this episode. So please stick around and listen to that. So, Without further ado, this is Andriana Santiago. Let's have a conversation. Sounds great. So, how are you doing? I am fabulous. It's a uh, long time no see. Really good to yes. really good to see you good in to the see flesh, you too. live yes. and direct. I know, right? Instead of the Instagram, you're in the Fashe book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, how you been? I've been really good. Um, I think. Probably we've gotten to know each other when I had my space, La Luce, here mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. And the past two years, it's been closed. And I remember when it was ending, I said, I am going to dedicate whatever I do next to my passion, which is music. And yeah. also a newly developed passion that I formed while at La Luz, uh, which was improv comedy. Yeah. And nonviolent communication. And we met, I mean, we met before at, uh, I did a ceremony at La Luz and then um, had an epiphany because my band was doing like a photo shoot the next day. And I was like, oh, this would be the perfect place. 
And then um, the musical improv comedy thing, I remember walking by. Right. And actually, Laura telling me about um, Laura telling me about La Luz at one point. <laughs> um, but I remember walking by a poster in Swallow Cafe, and it was like, "Do you like music? Yes. Do you like acting? Yes. Do you like comedy? Yes. Do you like improvisation? <laughs> yeah." And at that point, um, so similar. We'll circle back around. Sorry for talking about my experience and how mm-hmm. I met you, but like at that point, um, I used to act. That was kind of my main thing before. But at that point, I was fully pursuing music with my band. Um, but at, at a certain point, I started to miss acting. Right. But then it, at that point, it was like sort of there. Um, and I forget about this sometimes. But that little chapter was like, oh, yeah, like, I saw that sign and signed up, and then was like, this is, like, it's like full circle, it's La Luz again, um, you again, and you were in that class with us. and It was you know. completely magical. Mm-hmm. When I, I hadn't really known much about improv before, I guess, before a few years ago, and, you know, I've known about Saturday Night Live, Whose Lines It Anyway?, but I had always loved to joke around yeah. and just like have fun and be silly. And also as an only child, I would like make up musicals in my room and I'd be like this character and that character. And I'd just sing this part and that part and, you know, all this stuff. And when I realized that people deliberately play and make stuff up, I was like, this is beautiful. Like to be an adult and to just have this play to I love this so much and then of course with musical improv yeah. I play guitar make up songs with the audience that's oh improv I'm improving songs right but musical improv where you're just this theater piece just happens and then you sing together and the power of singing together is so magical it really does it's medicine for the soul yeah, like I had no Those idea there was a were... whole um, genre of musical improv and like it's a whole thing within improv. And yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And it gives you permission to just let go because you're not thinking, I can't write a musical. It's like, where am I ever going to write a, mu- a musical? But you're just like, listen, you're in a room with a group of people and you're writing a musical and it's not like you have to put it on Broadway. It's not like you have to off off Broadway. It's not like anything is serious, but yet it inspires and it feeds like whatever projects you might be working on or you want to do. Yeah. I know um, probably the two people, like you, have kept tabs with. I mean, I'm Facebook friends with yeah. different people, but I think probably because the people that are like Bushwick based mm-hmm. just stay on the radar a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so I've seen what you've been up to a little bit, and I've seen uh, Elena. She has a band now. Um, I haven't seen her. And then Stefan moved away. Um, he was the teacher, Stefan Wagner. He was one of them, and mm-hmm. Rachel Bouton was the other. Um, but I think for like political reasons, me and Stefan, a lot of times our feeds like overlap as far as we're both kind of, mm-hmm. you know, super left, uh, you know, your algorithm slink. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have kept, uh, up with Stadi. I'm a huge fan of Stadi. I don't know if you remember him. He did a lot of the individual musical improv things that uh, classes that we had aside from the workshop that you're talking about. And he also, when we had our musical improv team space mango, he was our piano player for shows. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a few key, like 
improv musical piano players that are famous in the circuit, like magnet pit, yeah. you know, shows. I have to say, like, I have, I don't have regrets because um, everything kind of in its time and place, but I do have to say now that over the, like the last couple of years I've been focused more on getting back to the acting, I do regret not taking advantage of the classes more that you had at La Luz <laughs> um, because now I'm trying to figure out how to, how to fit those things in mm-hmm. um, and also right after we did our workshop, there were the auditions for the teams at uh, Queens something. Oh, right. Improv. And that, that, I think that closed down as well. Yeah. Too. But like I, again, it was like right at a point where I had the nudge to like get back to the acting thing, but wasn't quite ready to like fully commit. And you know what? That, that happens. And I felt a lot of that in terms of even like having my space. I'm like, wow, I had that beautiful space and I didn't record music videos. I didn't use the theater. Like I was so focused on, you know, keeping our head above water with paying rent and managing the space that it was difficult for me to balance the artistic because that one point I snapped and I was like that's it I'm gonna do it all you know it was kind of like in our last year when I was like oh my gosh where they're gonna lose the space and I'm gonna do everything I wanted to do or like I'm just gonna keep at it and I sort of like for a month or two I just let go and let me tell you how far behind in rent we got because it was just so difficult to be like, I wake up at seven in the morning, I let someone into the photo studio and then I have to try to make sales and it was just like thousands of dollars of rent. However, of course I learned so much and whenever I look back at pictures, I always cry and I made this epic like 10 minute video of like the four years and it's so important I feel to reflect on the photos in our past. Like we are obsessed with taking pictures, yet when do we look at them? You know, so it's it's important to reflect because I learned even in this reflection I had um, a few weeks ago where I was kind of like, you know, cleaning some stuff out, looking at some old hard drives like, you know, I actually took down a lot of my music and a lot of my videos because Mm -hmm. I'm focusing on a record and maybe I didn't like the way that sounded and I'm kind of recreating like who I want to present myself as. And even in that reflection, I learned a lot. Yeah. Like, wow, okay. You know when I started teaching improv? When an improv teacher didn't show up and the show must go on. They were my students. This was my space. They were there for a class and I felt like the mother. I had to provide this for them. So with all my heart, I said, wait a second. I made a lesson plan in five minutes and it was so much fun because I also focused the class on how it related to life. And I started to realize how my improv was helping my communication with yes sanding and agreeability. And instead of being focused on what I wanted to say, I was really focused more on listening and empowering the other person. And of course, on another note, that's kind of how this this program that I've been working on, I went to Africa actually just a year ago this week and um, started teaching this idea, this program um, on improv comedy and nonviolent communication and how it can empower you and people. And so I taught that for three days to students, three days to teachers, three days to students, three days to teachers at a few different places. And, And it was great. And that was something that I am every day just so grateful for that I was able to develop from having 
La Luz. So, yeah. So let's go back a little bit. Um, Where do you come from? And like, where did, how did, where did La Luz come from? (laughs) Well, I don't know. That's a pretty big story. But like, did you grow up in New York? Yeah, my grandparents came from Puerto Rico in the 50s and they came uh, to Trenton, New Jersey. And that's where I grew up. And then I moved out and moved into an artist collective for like two years in Queens, living with 16 people. And it was really fun. And then <clears throat> I really developed my artistry there. I became a street artist. I started selling my art in Union Square and different parts of the city. And also I was singing in the subway. So I moved to the city just, I'm going to make a living off my art. And I was also making virgin smoothies at dance parties. Nice. So it was really fun. And then uh, eventually I moved to Bushwick. And just started continuing performing. Um, And when the opportunity came, you know, to create a space that could uh, give the people opportunity to be, be themselves at whatever level that they're at. We wanted to just offer some classes, a, little con- con- a space consignment shop, and we had a photo studio in the back. So we always had affordable rates and worked with artists and did a lot of um, trade and also worked with like major, you know, peeps also. And that's pretty much how, how it was, you know. We, I've been, grow- you know, came to New York with the intention to be a part of like-minded, artistic, free, uh, colorful friends. And that manifestation has definitely come true. (laughs) It's important to follow your heart. Yeah. Wherever that leads. It doesn't have to be New York. It doesn't have to be entertainment. I always wanted to be a doctor. I did. I love science. Some of my friends call me the science scientist. Yeah. Um, and now, so La Luz closed two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you went on another chapter more, you said more into music? Yes. So when we closed La Luz, which was very last minute, we had a renter and a project at Burning Man. Mm-hmm. And the renter backed out. So we had three days to pack up the whole place because we were going to be gone for a month. And we were like, well... There's no way for us to make rent while we're gone if we don't have, you know, that month, that continuous renter. So we packed up in three days and it was very like sudden. And then we had a Burning Man project. We finished that project. And it was interesting for a year. I also ended a relationship that I was in. And it was interesting for that year really finding that identity, like, who am I now that I'm not even in Bushwick? <laughs> you know, uh, I don't have this uh, space. And it is actually a beautiful process, though, because sometimes we identify ourselves with um, so much of what we do or where we are that I, I started to realize that my identity is just my soul like my spirit (laughs) like hey we're spending time together and this is what I would say and this is what you would say in conversation and this is and listening to myself oh I love the beach 
you know? Yeah. And like, what are, what are the things that, that really resonate with me? So, you know, in that journey, I realized that I want to make a living off my music. I don't need a space to do this or space to do that, which was great because we had our once a month variety shows and I would always try my new acts out uh, and then I would perform them out in the city. So I always felt like that home base was really great. However, now I see that there's so many other places and communities. So it's been fun, like getting to know all of the the places in Queens, the places in Bushwick or, you know, different parts of Brooklyn instead of just being in one space because I couldn't leave. So that rediscovery has been amazing. And also in terms of wanting to make a living off music, I was thinking, well, how do I do that? There's performing out and then there's, you know, monetizing it. So a very a long time friend and I uh, started a music licensing company it's called Demo Love Music. And we represent some amazing composers. And whenever we get the opportunity to present our music to an agency or for a commercial, then we, you know, get some music from the composers and pitch it. And if they win, great. And, uh, you know, we're able to make money off residuals and licensing. And I took several months to learn about that and immerse myself in that. And I love it so much because I feel like it really does give power to the musician. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. There has to be some money in it for us, right? Yeah. Because a lot of times we don't think of music as something that can generate money over time. Sometimes we think of it more as playing a gig, you get paid, or even with the licensing fee, but with putting codes in here and there and there, and you can, you know, figure out how to get royalties. And yeah, it's interesting conversation to have. And I'm still learning a lot about it. So Nice. Yeah. I think it's... um. You were talking earlier about when La Luz closed and then your the questioning of your identity. Yeah. Um, and I've been thinking about that a lot too. But like it's like even if you're if you're an actor, you're not just an actor. Like it's not that's not an identity. You know what I mean? What we start to like you're call ourselves mm-hmm. these names in a way. You know? And then on the flip side of that, I do I tend to gravitate towards people that are creative kind of producers slash artists, um, performers or whatever it is. Um, and I do think there's a struggle, um, or a learning curve to figure out the balance between those two, because like, I think you have the experience of when, like, I want to do it all (laughs) and I'm going to keep, trying somehow to do that but um what happens sometimes is like you can get caught up on the production end to the point where um where you start to not lose but not give as much time to like the performance and pure like artistry part of it um and finding that balance 
that's like the challenge, you know? Yeah, I totally hear you on that. I was spending so much time on producing these songs for these fancy schmancy glamorous performances that I do that I'm like, oh, these songs are going to be for my record. That when I actually performed with a band the other day, I was like, wow, the energy of this band is so powerful that I was really just so into you know, for so long, this computer and producing and practicing that when it really got time for me to like, yeah, I'm out here. I was like, kind of, oh, was my voice strong enough? That was kind of like a very timid performance. I don't know if I'm like, and also like, you know, with guitar, it feels so powerful. I have control. But with the track, I'm like, oh, this feels different. So... (laughs) It's, it, it really is, it really is a balance and, you know, same thing with, you know, make, trying to make enough money to make a living and then, you know, that's why I was like, okay, so I want to make a living off of this one thing because if I'm not making a living off music, then that means I'm going to have a means to an end job, right? And so, yeah, it's, it's tricky. I've been talking to some of my friends about it, um, but when you have... I really truly believe that when you have a question, you will find an answer. You just have to have the right question. Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out right now too. Because I've, like, I was at Pine Box for a long time, and when we were doing when the La Luz thing was happening, mm-hmm. I was doing the band, and I don't know if I was managing at Pine Box at that time, but I was doing that for a while, and there was a period of time where it was good. It gave me some flexibility in some ways, but then that became like the whole thing. Um, a flip side of the making your living doing the thing is I've had bandmates who were completely, um, dedicated. They only wanted to use music to make money. And another thing happened with some of them to where they were doing lessons and stuff like that for money and then playing with a bunch of bands but they also ended up with a burnout because music became in some ways a job. Like they still enjoyed it sometimes, but in other ways it was a job. And so sometimes they would lose some of the, the passion for why they were doing it. And do you think that they would lose the passion for it because the job wasn't paying enough? Could be. Because if the job is paying enough, then the passion you're, you're able to so if you're doing lessons then you're just like I'm doing teaching the same thing like five times a day then it's repetitive only because I feel like the human being no matter if you're at a computer being repetitive or you're doing lessons being repetitive anything that resembles somewhat of a machine uh-huh. and a human being like humans are not machines yeah and I feel like that's that's the issue. Yeah. So it's like, it's not so much of like doing the music and getting burnt out. So for me, what I do is, you know, I right now currently, of course, my dream is to finally record a record since I've been making a song a day on Instagram for three years. Nice. I have more songs than followers. And let's, okay. Well, <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> and so I'm just like, 
what's next, you know? So half the day I'm trying to get business. LinkedIn, magic. Oh, yeah, LinkedIn okay? is. And I legitimately, the people who I work with, who I want to work with, I legitimately look at their websites and like really like their work. If if it's a music director that I want to work with and a company, I try to work with more, greater good companies that, you know, aren't doing, you know, advertising or campaign for things that I don't, believe don't really, you know, I'm yeah. not in alignment with me. Um, but I really am contacting these companies. I'm like, wow, that project was really good. Like, I want you to know that I'm contacting you to work with you. And I like that project you did. And I'm not, this isn't like a mass. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's a cold email, but I'm not like copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Like, because we're not machines. And people know if you're treating them like a machine. Yeah. You know, and for that is... Yes, it's still sales in a way. It's still what I was doing, but I love talking to new people all the time. Yeah. You know, and I love just communicating and meeting new people, whether it's like with my audience. Like I love making up songs with the audience, talking to them, you know, or whatever it shows. Same thing with the the sales for the music company. It's because I really believe in it because I'm like, I have composers, I have good music, like TV, film, like everything is music. You can't watch a movie. You can't watch anything without there being some sort of mood, some yeah. sort of music. It's incredible. Um, speaking of that, what um, what is your Instagram? My Instagram is Andriana Sings. So it's A N D R I A N A. So A N D R I A N A Sings. Andriana sings, and then I have my personal non-musical, still musical account, which is Andriana Santiago. Um, but yeah. And are those the best ways for people to follow you? Yes. And such. They could follow me on there. I have my website. I have my sound cloud and YouTube. I don't have too much music on on there now. I'm working on a record, so I'd like to release that. And your songs a day, are those improvised songs or are those, how does that work? Yes. Or does it depend? Yeah. They are. They are. I just make them up like, hey, we're sitting here mm-hmm, doing this interview. Just making it up. You know, sometimes it's most of the time it's about life. And I just started it because I was making up songs anyway. And I just wanted to inspire people to sing life. And, you know, even if it's a sad day, so yeah, I've had many sad days and I'll sing a song through it. So yeah, it's fun. So you're working on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, you're still doing the song a day. Yes. Which is great. Um, trying to, good... I'm trying to make some of those songs a day into something else. Yes. So I'm just approaching piano players friends and i'm like hey let's compose a song around that acapella song and just really trying to turn them into longer songs now some of them are really special that i feel like they would make really great longer songs nice (laughs) um and so the album's kind of one of your focuses right now Yes, I feel like, wow, I can't believe I haven't made an album yet. Like, I've been a musician forever, and I've made demos and kind of, like, almost albums that I feel like, oh, I really don't like 
like the mix to that song, but I don't release it because I don't want like a master to it or like I'm not really an engineer, you know. So now I feel like I have more control over, you know, I'm recording, I'm producing and there's no excuse for me not to spend time on myself, which is something that I feel like, you know, we really like when it comes to I have to make something a project. Boom. Song a day. Project. All right. (laughs) That's starting to be a thing where we were talking about earlier. Like, it's great to make a song a day. But how long do you make a song a day until it's just like, okay, where's the record or where's the tour? Like, what's next? You know, and as we get older, too, I mean, there's a certain milestone of accomplishments that I feel socially are put on people in certain ways. Um, when you reach a certain age, especially as a woman, you know, and so I'm working with that as well in terms of uh, being gentle with myself and being kind. And some one of my mantras that I love is you go at your own pace. Yeah, I think that's really important because like the other one that's similar to that is it's this is um this is not the quote exactly so this is a paraphrased version mm-hmm. but something like um comparison is like the enemy of success oh yes I've heard it's something, something like, like that. that um because and it's not that you can't because you are gonna like look at other things and it's good to look for inspiration and it's good to look um and be excited and if it inspires you to be like to see somebody doing something be like oh I want to do something kind of like that Um, But where it's bad is when you're looking and you see somebody and either you're like, oh, like they're my age and they've done X, Y, and Z, or Mm -hmm. they're 10 years younger than me and they've done X, Y, and Z. Um, That is not a good, helpful place to be because... It disempowers you. And and it's nonsense. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It has nothing to do with you and Mm -hmm. your path and like what you're going to do. so, and it's almost like it also sets up like an excuse, you know? So yeah, you go at your own pace. Um, I do think though, having the song of a, the song a day thing, even though, yeah, like you want it to be something else, like in and of itself, like it's a good thing to do like these types of commitments. I really song, want you know? producers and people to say, wow, she can write that many songs. I want to work yeah. with her because we could, we could knock out a lot of songs a day and I would love to pitch them to other artists as well and, and work with other people as well. So, um, let me ask you, like, let's imagine like arbitrarily, let's say six months down the line, but that's just kind of a placeholder. Um, your album's done. Um, what next? Like, what do you want to, what, like, is there some thing? Yes. I would love to open up for, for, you know, people that I love, just, I would love to go on some sort of tour. I would love to continue working with uh, more producers. I feel like having the record done will finally be something that I could um, share that I have been working on because their songs are demos now and I just keep writing. So I feel like it will it will be an accomplishment that I'll be able to perform out. So I have like three different types of acts. I have like comedy act, like Berdolphin. Like, hi everybody, I'm Berdolphin. <laughs> it's like a, a, a bird, dolphin, Berdolphin, uh, capital B, capital D, into the sky and into the sea, winged infant, Berdolphin. 
And so I have Berdoffin, then I have my acoustic stuff, then I have my glamorous, fancy performing with a gown like sultry, hello everybody, that kind of thing. So I would love to be able to transpose, maybe not comedically, or maybe in certain bonus tracks, I don't know, uh, part of it to transpose the record to different performances. And ideally, my dream would be to tour and then to perform in hospitals or to teach also my um, program of improv comedy and communication to people, like schools. I feel like music is one part of me and then being in a room full of people and silly circle time and just leading laughter, wellness things is another part of me that I love so much. And I, I realized that power incredibly when I was in Africa. What part of Africa were you in? I was in Uganda. Okay. For about six weeks, two months. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would love to records done, uh, touring and also teaching. I would love that. And if not just touring, I just love singing, singing for people so much. Nice. So, yeah. So we'll see, you know, um, do you have any insight that you would share with somebody who's, uh, on their way to New York or just got to New York, uh, pursuing, Okay, I would definitely say, like, you don't need A to do B. Just do B, right? Like, you don't need this in order to get this done. Just, like, do it. Just, like, do all the things. Sometimes I feel like we move to a place or we fall in love with something and we want to have our own of it, you know? Um, whether it's, you know... I know lots of times I've wanted to have whether it's my own event or my own space or my own studio or, oh, I love that. I seen it and I love it. So I want my own of it, you know, and I hear that in terms of um, people with spaces as well. Like I want to open a space or I always wanted to have a space. And I feel like, I feel like, yes, listen to what you love. And surround yourself with people and keep discovering new places and spaces and keep yourself like a floating being because the world is belongs to you. And it's not just New York either, you know, mm -hmm. and just keep exploring, meeting all different types of people because all people are your people, not just one group. So that's what I would say. Nice. And have fun and laugh a lot. And don't get caught up in the whole seriousness of like paying rent and having like dead end jobs and stuff like that. Because if that's what your New York experience is going to be like, then you should just move out. Because life is really enjoyable like elsewhere, you know, and you can do whatever you want to do anywhere in the world. Especially with the Internet. Yeah, it's true. Just practice. Um. Is there anything else you want to talk about right now? Yes. I would like to briefly talk about my trip to Africa. Yeah. So I, when I was a little girl, I saw 
these people on TV who had been kicked out of their home. And I realized that the word was a refugee, right? And then I started thinking, oh my gosh, somebody can kick me out of my house. And I started like using my imagination, like what if there were people walking down my street, like army people, and they just came knocking on my door and they just like kicked me out and I had to just keep walking, you know? And like, then I saw like all the babies, you know? And, and I, ever since I was little, I said I would love to work with people who also I was made fun of a lot when I was younger and I was like I would love to work with people who who don't belong you know just to tell them that there's a place where they belong <laughs> and and so I have a friend who was working with a group and I said wow this is amazing like this is why we're meant to be friends I'd love to empower this and so I'd started working with the peace club at the teachers and we started coming up with different lesson plans and things that they could do with the peace club that would inspire like laughter and working together and communication and I love nonviolent communication as well and so when I made my when I was planning my trip I was like oh it's finally time to meet this group and then like in planning the trip I ended up like booking four other places where I would go so I went there and I worked with everybody and I really realized, you know, that la laughter has no language barrier and with what games worked. And I also recorded some people who had written songs inspired by peace, which I've been editing still a year later, of course, <laughs> and I hope to release soon. And also some kids and they were singing and I brought my entire recording studio and I left it and that's what they've been using to continue recording. And I also brought some feminine hygiene products and I gave them little packages and I brought like some batteries, some solar batteries and digital library filled with books that, you know, kids could listen, like five people could listen at the same time with like the little earplugs and, um, yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience and I definitely encourage anyone who wants to take an independent trip to do whatever they want to do, however they feel they want to contribute um, to something, to do it, really. And to just ask questions and work with the people, ask them what they need. And it's really important in independent trips and to work with people who are doing things independently. Because when people give me their money, they know where it's going to go. And I'm also sponsoring, I found two kids, college sponsors, and my family and I are sponsoring a student. And it's like $150 every four months to send a kid to school. And like $250 for college. <laughs> so it really opens up your eyes on money distribution and yeah. how it can really go a long way. And yeah. how... You know, when I get these WhatsApps and like Facebook text messages and pictures of her and her doctor's like uh, jacket and just, I mean, I'm like, wow, that's the best way to spend 200 bucks that I have ever, ever done, ever figured out. So it's beautiful. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yes. Thanks for listening to that. Of course. Well, I'm glad to, to know you, um, you know, honored to, to see what you're doing. Um, it's good to, good thank to you for reaching out. Yeah. 
Um, do you want to play a song? Okay. Good. I think so, yeah. So that was my conversation with Andriana Santiago, um, and that was indeed a improvised song that she did there at the end, um, in case you were wondering. I didn't know at the time. She told me right after after we finished recording. So that was pretty cool. Um, I really enjoyed talking with her. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Um, if you are enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, rate, review, share, reach out. You know, send carrier pigeons, whatever you want to do. Or just, you know, if you see me, say, hey, cool. Or, hey, here's some feedback. Or, you know, whatever. Whatever creative thing you have. Um, Thank you very much. And like I said, I think I'm going to go to Mondays for a while, at least while I'm doing this play. And I'll tell you about that um, as it comes up. Uh, Be sure to check out Andriana Santiago, Andriana Sings on uh, 
Instagram, and you can find the links for that in the show notes, uh, as well as you can check us out on BushwickVarietyShow.com or on Instagram. And, yeah, thank you very much, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Peace. We're going to set you free.